Weird Things is brought to you by patreon.com slash weird things. Support the show. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Andrew Mean, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello, friends. Brian Brushwood. Oh, hi, mateys. And Mr. Bryce Neshcom Castillo. <laughs> so we, we got land, land, sea, and air. Yeah. We, we got it all covered. <laughs> yeah. Put your seatbelt on or not. We don't care. Army, Navy, Space Force, Marines. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about this every week, but it is kind of the science story of the century, which unfortunately is not being treated with a lot of science. Uh, uh, no, no, we're, Ooh, we're tarantula I wish, hawks. I, I wish we were talking about that. No, we're talking about COVID and the origins of. Uh, you know what? This just in my research. I was conducting some research right before we went live. Uh, today, as we record this, uh, September twenty seventh, twenty twenty one, is uh, the one year and four day anniversary of me contracting COVID. <laughs> oh, so it was a year ago that you probably had to miss, you had to miss shows because <laughs> sorry, this is sorry. the week that That's, you were missing shows. That is yeah. correct. This is the well, one I, year anniversary week of, of me having full blown COVID in an era before vaccines were known. And when the best Google had to say is, I don't know, you're in your mid forties. Yeah. 10% chance you're going to die. Anyway, have a great night's sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Get lots of bed rest. Uh, Brian, hashtag what we, truther, what, hashtag where were the breeders. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what, what do we give you on a one year, like a, a Perel? What's the gift? Uh, oh, that's, yeah. that's right. Uh, the, the first year anniversary is is uh, yeah. uh, just be socially distant for the day. Yeah. So, you know, we still, two, it'll be two years ago, December, when the first cases apparently started to break out. And we've been dealing this with you know, a year and a half. And we still don't know the origins of COVID. There are many theories. Yep, And there are many things complicating those theories, particularly like, I don't know, the fact that the Chinese government shut down, you know, people who were investigating that, all the research databases, anything else could actually help us find out where this came from. But, you know, reasons. A uh, research paper came out about a week ago, which was interesting because they said, hey, we think we may have found the closest genetic relative to COVID, and oh. that is in some bats in Laos. And they said, look, we found some bats in a cave in Laos. And look, it's very close. Huh. Like, cool. We want to we wanna look at this DNA. And they're like, what about the fur and cleavage site? Well, the way the fur and cleavage site is this thing in the DNA or the virus that actually makes it easier for it to infect humans. Like, nope, doesn't have it. I'm like, oh, okay. But still, there, we, we don't know. We don't yeah. know. Could It could be... As suspicious as things look, as suspicious as things um, look, we yeah. I I a uh, uh, qu- uh, question. Um, where where is Laos? Uh, like like down in Southeast Asia. Okay, okay. So in in the neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. I, I I just didn't want I didn't want to be silly. Laotian like, are, would they be Laotian bats? Uh, well, yes, what, what they is, would be Laotian bats. Laotian oh, wait, bats. No, Laos is right. Yeah, it's right there. Uh, yeah. Well, and 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 let's let's remember that one of the one of the explanations that were floated by the Chinese government, uh, for which uh, I I personally did not uh, uh, take particularly seriously, uh, was the idea that it came in on frozen food. So I don't know whether or not Laotian bats are a frozen food well, commodity, but maybe. It, it gets complicated. So this story came out, and people are like, look, look, you see, we, we found. And it's like, well, we have it. There's an entire database of bat viruses that was in Wuhan that went missing when the epidemic started. So, yeah. yes, this is the known closest relative. Also, you know what they did at Wuhan? They brought in bat samples from, from all, all over, over Asia. the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it still doesn't stop the fact this thing started in Wuhan and they've yet to find any evidence of anything in frozen foods or any of the people, all the markets they tested nothing no sources there whatsoever then a few days later a bombshell dropped because 
the group Drastic was able to find a research, was able to find a funding proposal from this group called the Eco Health Alliance, whose name comes up a lot. Um, one of the, person, the leader of this group was one of the people that was part of the WHO investigation to go to Wuhan to investigate, you know, the idea of a lab leak and came back and investigate ORS and came back and said lab leak is very low probability, very unlikely. Then it turned out that uh, him and about 20 other people that had signed a paper in a major research journal saying that this that the lab leak is just a conspiracy theory, all had ties to Wuhan and virus research and were not exactly considered objective. In particular, this gentleman's group had been funding that virus research in Wuhan. Yeah. So maybe not the objective bystander you think, well, this new paper came out, which was a proposal via EcoHealth Alliance to help fund research into basically seeing, uh, particularly modifying the SARS-like virus, what basically we do, your coronaviruses, modifying coronaviruses, giving them to versions of it, like, you know, denatured versions of them to bats or whatever, to try to see if you can immunize them and so A lot of scary research that arguably is gain-of-function research that would be if this was a thriller mystery novel, it would be solved right now. And, but and, it's not. A, a, yeah. a, a gain of function, just so I, I have my head straight on this, is where you something as simple as just, just um, let's say you got uh, a whole bunch of ferrets and you got a disease and you just keep on infecting ferrets in a circle. And then, uh, and then at some point, by that uh, uh, constant uh, journey, much like we're seeing with the actual uh, COVID virus, sooner or later you get a mutation and, and that mutation, whether like in the case of the Delta, it's more contagious, but uh, seems to be uh, not uh, more dangerous. Whereas with mu, it seems to be more dangerous. Um, uh, that's, that, that's what gain of function is. It, it can be, it can be a broad category and there's debate over what class it is, but basically the idea is that gain, through some methods, it could be accelerating it through animals, giving it from over. That's kind of an, a way to do it in lab that makes it look natural. It can be gene insertion. There's a lot of different ways. Gain of function basically means we have a virus and we help it gain a function. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I guess, I guess, uh, what research would do. Would it be a poor metaphor or, or, or an okay metaphor to think of it as there's a natural rate of infection that happens in nature, but when you're in a lab and you're doing what normally would be a number of infections that would take months, you're doing it in weeks just because you're well, again, like- using one version of it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So somebody points out gain of function is creating viruses to help defeat them. And yeah, absolutely. This, this, that's the, that's the intent. Yes. But the difference between gain of function used to figure out, you know, vulnerabilities and viruses, you know, the potential, et cetera, doesn't look much different between that and trying to make viruses worse, which was, it's done in illicit weapons programs too. And that is the big, big, big danger. Okay. Um, Somebody says, I'm glad they're doing gain of function research in Wuhan. Can you imagine how bad it would have been if they didn't do that there? Uh, yeah, it's uh, no comment. It, yeah, no comment. Yeah, and it's, it's, we don't know. I like, there's a lot of smoking guns, but we need more data. We need more data. And, you know, personally, you know, you, you know, I, to me, I'm like, well, you know, all, all the sorts start pointing in one direction consistently and the behavior of a certain actor there is not doing anything to dispel this. They're not acting in good faith. Uh, you know, I'm well, like, and uh, this is the frustrating part is um, purely from a game theory perspective uh, in a prisoner's dilemma kind of thing. Um, it makes it no matter what the country is, this is not about the Chinese government or whatever, whatever the country is, um, it, it behooves whoever whoopsied to, you know, to, to stonewall and block off. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that is understandable. Um, and, and at some, it's, it's just a bummer because uh, it's not like we're ever going to get an admission or a confession or an explanation because there, there's no money in it for them uh, to, to, uh, personally, but there is money in it for the world for because, you know, we'd be able to solve a lot of things and, uh, uh, do better research faster if, if we had open communication. Um, it's, and it's uh, every moment we're beating our heads against that stone wall is a moment that we're not doing more research i don't know it's, well i mean it's, look it's, it's, it's so so uh, uh scott gottlieb the former head of the fda who has been a talking head throughout covid just released a new book uh and and part of the one of the things that is brought up and he was asked about in doing press for it 
was, will we ever know? What have you found in your book and your research about the origins of COVID? And he said, what I learned is that we should probably get used to a world where we don't, where we never know for sure. Because the reality is whether or not it is, unless new data for which we have not been made privy to is given to us, or there is somebody who decides to, to blow the whistle and quite possibly risk them and their families' entire lives. Uh, uh, Again, to very likely very little personal gain. <laughs> I mean, it would it it would be uh, yeah, it would be a massive a massive massive thing. And, and like then it's it's likely not going to happen. And and but those things are become increasingly less likely the further we get into to this crisis. I, I would parse that even more if. If it was an accident, a lab leak, lab leak, if it was an actual lab leak, but research it was done in Wuhan, um, if it was that, and the Chinese government does not want us to know that, then yes, that hypothesis is true. Yes. If it is natural origin, and we keep looking and we find, you know, we find, you know, a wet market in Laos with pangolins and whatever, and we find, we find presence of this there. Independently verified, by the way, I'm not trying to drop hints to any sort of, you know, uh, Chinese, you know, uh, counter operations people who are trying to figure out like, because yeah. we, we were joking we about like the nailed it. I, a prediction we'd made a while ago was that like, we're going to we're going to see a smoking gun planted in some other country without the ability to sort of defend itself. And I'm not saying that's just here. I'm, I assume everything's genuine. But I would say, yes, if it was if it was an accidental lab link, the Chinese government is successful in keeping all information out, then yeah, we, we may never know. If it is natural, then there's a very good chance that we could find out. And when I hear people go, oh, we will probably never know, I'm like, well, which hypothesis does that support? Because we've been able to track down the origins of a lot of other stuff. This one, it keeps going back to everything keeps going back to like, oh, you know, that there was a group of people very like, you know, two months in, a month in this worked you know, Americans and not just Chinese. And that's the thing too, is people like, oh, it's anti-China. Like EcoHealth Alliance is not a Chinese organization. This is, this the fingers point back at us too, because a lot of the funding for this kind of research was coming from the US. So no, somebody asked, is it an act of war? No, because the number of people who are culpable, if this is a cover-up, isn't just the Chinese. And there were a number of brave Chinese people who came forward, researchers and people who tried to speak out early on and were shut down, were questioning the origins of this and the Chinese government censored them, prison them, whatever. And so there are very brave people in China that have tried to get some story or some of the origins out here. And there have been people in the West who have facilitated this, have facilitated a cover-up. There definitely is a cover-up. What it is, we don't know. So and and uh, just to um, wrap your mind around uh, the the very good reasons, if you even suspect that you might be the location of Ground Zero for the release of this, why you might just your default position be to Stonewall. Uh, think about the Chernobyl disaster. Let's say in an alternate timeline, uh, a radioactive cloud went and killed you know millions of people uh, uh, based on you know the, the winds blew it on over. Then these countries would have a legitimate grievance, and in international courts they could they could sue say you know for gross negligence to the United States uh, or, or United Soviet Socialist Republic USSR. And um, uh, and then all of a sudden it's like at the very least that's an expensive thing to adjudicate even if it doesn't escalate to an act of war and, and there and there it's have a, been these a, conversations like like about uh, uh reparations from china who knows exactly how serious they've 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 been but these are things that have been have been discussed uh, uh the chinese communist party is is not particularly uh uh in 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 the business of giving people reason to criticize them uh I I don't know. I mean, uh, it's it's one of those things for me that while I never want to close my mind to new evidence, I mean, it, like it's there's, only, only, it's, there's only there's only so many times that uh, uh, I, I can look at a, uh, a a a present under the Christmas tree that very much looks like a hockey stick in wrapping paper and be like, I don't know, could be anything. <laughs> I'm I'm certain about many other things with much less evidence. Yes. Yes. I'll put it that out. You know, so but we're all we all we all don't want to be like, and therefore No, I mean you can't yeah, yeah, you can't but, close the door on it, but like yeah. geez Louise, it it just it it just feels like number one, uh, uh the CCP if they were incentivized 
to prove a natural link. Boy, do I feel like we'd have a natural link by now. Because <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. they are very incentivized to do it. We have not seen <laughs> that. A pangolin, a show trial of a pangolin. <laughs> it, yes, it would, yeah, exactly. Uh, it just. What do you have to say for yourself? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Silence from the criminal. Uh, I don't know. It, it's mm. it, it it's it's one of those things that I I boy I I I hope at at some point we know a lot more uh, for sure. In in the meantime, I feel like I got enough to to have a working a working and, theory. And we get we we get this that comes up from time. People go, what what does it matter? And the, and the different what matters is this: the history of accidental releases of virus is is very scary. It happens way more frequently. Realize it's happened in the U.S. labs, labs all around the world. There's good evidence. There's, we know that SARS has actually got released before. You know, we think that there have been certain outbreaks that can cause from lab leaks, et cetera. Doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing science. Yeah. The fact that there is this, there is a, there was a conspiracy to shut down information, to shut down critics without evidence, should terrify you because it tells you this is not being done responsibly. This is not being done in a way that you should feel confident in because. Even assuming, let's say we found all of a sudden, oh, we found out it was natural origins. Great. This system is so broken with what happened. It was so broken with people immediately circling, or the scientists immediately circling wagons and saying, ah, oh, this, is, this is an outrage. How dare people question us? And all these conspiracy theorists and trying to name call anybody questioning them. That's scary. These people should not be involved in science or anything involved with public health because they're not going to make us healthier. The, this, the, the next thing that could happen could be even worse. And so the idea is what differences make all the difference. Yeah. And uh, the, the metaphor that sticks in my mind is uh, this was a dress rehearsal for something real terrible. And we and have, the millions performed, that have died. We, we, we have yeah. performed very poorly and let, in this let, dress rehearsal. Let, let, me, let me throw this out because another thing that was brought up in, in Gottlieb's book was the idea that from an American perspective that the CDC for whatever it's, it's, it's positives and negatives that you might think about it is very ill-equipped for the rapid gathering and analyzation of intelligence. And that what his recommendation was from the inside of the federal government at the highest levels, that if we are redesigning how we react to a pandemic, that we should have intelligence agencies uh, be involved in, at the very least, being able to be dispatched to hospitals and uh, 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 hot zones and stuff like that so they can do what they do best which is gathering and analyzing intelligence as opposed to the cdc which is more of a a, a regulatory agency that that they are they they are not great at the in the moment the uh, the the decisions that can be made within 24 hours uh a situation that they're not they're not great at that what do you guys think of that idea because it's not like the concept of giving uh, either you know any of the three-letter intelligence agencies more control, well, especially is particularly especially popular. Since, you know, um, uh, and again, uh, uh, full disclosure, crazy libertarian here, but but it's like um, uh, a very very strong case can be made for the fact that um, it uh, uh, what was it? It was the CDC and the FDA. Uh, I forget which one. They both screwed up colossally. Uh, and uh, it was a problem specifically because nobody was allowed to act independent from them. So like one of them was the only one that could authorize a test. And then the other one was the only one that could make the test or whatever. And, and months were lost uh, in, an, in another world. And the example. Oh, yeah. And then, and then the CDC's test was just garbage. Like it just right, didn't it work. Just, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, it, you know, in an alternate reality, what I would love to see is like, you know, five FDAs that are all independently, you know, competing with each other. And uh, uh, before anybody, again, this is crazy libertarian talk, before anybody says that's not possible, uh, the the example that libertarians always give is uh, underwriters laboratories. Anything electronic that you buy has that UL logo on there. You can't buy anything electronic from any Walmart, no Target, no Amazon that doesn't have the underwriters laboratory laboratory logo on it that is a completely independent uh non-governmental uh non-monopoly but they are so good at testing electronics to see whether or not they catch on fire or whatever that everybody is is trusting them until someone better comes along which hasn't happened yet so so in that regard to me the solution is not to give more power and more authority to a singular 
governmental ent entity that just demonstrated uh, incompetence, but instead to uh, uh, create competition. Well, I would, I, the UL is a great example for many cases. I've actually brought it up when you're looking for like a really successful independent organization. UL ain't going to tell you if your iPhone's going to get jailbroken. It's not going to tell you if there's a zero day exploit. And as things have become more complex, it's really good about telling you if it's going to burst into fire. And I think the problem with this stuff is it gets way more complicated and you, you need to have a tremendous amount of expertise and resources to be able to do that. And UL, uh, these are companies or places developing this have no interest in making consumer products. You know, these are organizations that are getting government funding and their, their sole purpose really is to get government funding. In the case of the paper that Drastic found from EcoHealth Alliance, this was a proposal to the military, which would yeah. be hard to imagine how an outside. Yeah. But I would, I would argue, and I am, but I do share your your concern of like, great, another government agency. How do we know? But there is something to the idea of if you know, in numerous cases. Actually, this was a plot line I mentioned in one of my books where I had somebody who was planning to infect people with a virus uh, who worked for some very murky government <laughs> alliance sort of Why'd organization. Why did you write this, Andrew? I've, read, I've done this twice now. I've used this premise twice now where oh, the problem- Starting the, the, when? Uh, oh, it was well, the year uh, of the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, in, Ni hao, uh, comrade. <laughs> yeah, well, in, my, in, my Theo, in one of my Theo Cray books, I go into this and I explain one of the problems is, and I, this was a problem I explained where what they had when they were trying to look at like, you know, when these anthrax- poisoning showed up. And the number one suspect ended to be one of the leading experts on anthrax. And because there's only so many people that have this expertise. And this was like when the FBI was trying to trace down a mole, they go to their expert on moles, you know, Robert Hansen, and like, we need you to find this guy. He's like, I'll get right on it. He was the mole. Yeah. And so <laughs> there's when you have very, very small numbers of experts, there's a very high probability that somebody involved Somebody you're asking for help to solve the problem was involved in the, and this is what's been happening in COVID. So I would say we need the problem with like CDC and other stuff. It's like, hey, yeah, I'm going to go investigate this. Oh, God, my boss actually wrote that grant eight years ago that did this. Yeah. Right. So. Well, and, and I, I think I, that that does speak for the importance of disclosures. And as um, uh, as they say, sunlight has a sterilizing effect and uh, the it's it's hard to hide uh, uh, bad things when uh, when more people are uh, two could keep a secret if three of them are dead, or three could keep a secret if two. But of then, them are but dead. then, all right. So in this specific example, yeah, like having like and let's let's assume it is a a a war powers kind of thing, and that that right. the president has to say, all right, I'm declaring a state of emergency about this thing, and now we can release whatever uh, uh, medically medically trained operatives from the FBI or the CIA to embed themselves with these situations and, and be able to report back real time the information. But that means it's now cooperation between three letter intelligence agencies that have their own problems and the CDC, which certainly is not exactly at an all time high in terms of confidence these days. Uh, uh, does that make the problem worse or better? Uh, it, uh, um, it, it, it certainly sounds like a simple fix and people very much like to hear about a simple fix to things. Truthfully, I don't, I don't know that it will change very much. For example, a simple fix is, uh, Amber alerts. That is a very simple fix. A child is missing. Wouldn't it be great? We could think of the children we could save when they're missing by pressing one button and everybody's phone goes off and then we find the child if we save one child, I think it's worth it. Yeah. But then uh, uh, how quickly do we all tune out Amber Alerts? And now, um, and how many millions of dollars get spent? How much lost productivities? Uh, all of those things. And again, you know, congrats to all of the children who were saved. Uh, sure. And the silver alerts. And these weird blue <laughs> alerts. <you>. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, and, and my condolences to all the kidnappers thwarted. The, the blue alerts confuse me because it sounds like a gang war. It sounds like, like one of ours got taken down. Yeah. Go get them, boys. Yeah. Here, here is my point. Uh, it does sound like a very simple fix. And I know that people like very simple fixes. I also know that, in general, simple fixes tend not to do very much in the long term and cost an awful lot of money yeah, and I, I, lost liberties and, 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 and. Yeah, I uh, guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gottlieb's thing was was uh, more along the lines of like, they 
likely would have gotten information faster and would have trusted it more if it came from these sources. Andrew? I would say that, I, I would say a step would be when you had shortly after this thing emerged and you had 30 plus researchers signing a paper, signing this thing, like trying to shut down the whole lab leak hypothesis, who we now through found out through email leaks were coordinating behind the scenes and saying, should I put my name on here? Because I don't want to look orchestrated like we're trying to orchestrate this in the middle of them trying to orchestrate it because of people involved with organizations that were funding this kind of research. And you find out that there were tremendous conflicts of interest in these people signing it when it felt like all oh, these independent researchers around the world are gathered around it. like, no, it's a bunch of people with a lot of lot of you know things to lose in this case. I think that from scientific, I think scientific journals in general have behaved very poorly. I think that they have done, they have let the public down. They've let science down, like not scientism, but the process of science down. I think there need to be repercussions. I think that failure to disclose your conflicts of interest in this, what are clear conflicts of interest, would it, would a second party go, oh yeah, no, you need to disclose this, failures do that, and just be like, oh yeah, no, we'll go update, add that to it. After the message got out, after you know this was the press releases were sent and reporters based their, you know, their opinions upon this sort of stuff, I think failure to disclose conflicts of interest uh, is a big problem. And it just sort of seems to be like, man, you know. Well, I, I, I think I think that that is uh, actually uh, I I would like to disclose. What would you like to disclose? A, a conflict of interest. Go ahead. Uh, I have been paid for everything I have said on this program. What? What? I am taking money. What? Where? Why? All of our fantastic patrons oh. over at patreon.com slash weird things. Oh, go on, you corrupt puppet. <laughs> well, you see, what, like what people do is they do, they give us a buck an episode and they, they keep us bringing up the weird news and the very weird opinions. And then we collect the money. In fact, I'm going to disclose. We cashed out the patron. We all. I'm gonna. I'm gonna out you guys. What? You all received checks. No. This very week. From and we'd the- like to thank our new sponsor, <laughs> uh, Mr. Laos Frozen Seafood. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, Dougie, anywhere. Dougie bats <laughs> with his brand new frozen Laotian yeah. bats. There, is, there are seven faces to Dr. Laos, and they're all smiling <laughs> after they have these delicious mm. fish. Uh, isn't it uh, the seven, seven faces of Dr. Lau? Yep. Okay. All right. I got it. Right. I, I, I got a confused look from Bryce that I was afraid I'd break. Like, but, I, Randall, but then I, I realized I was referencing a Roddy McDowell movie from the 1960s. Patreon.com slash weird things. Oh, my mic was Randall. Sorry, Ryan, my... it's Tony Randall. It's Tony oh, Randall. doggone it. Ah. I know. Eh, who knows, Tony Randall? Tony Randall? <laughs> was, he, was he real? Remember that skit? <laughs> no. That was a Tom no. Hanks on SNL with the, the waiter of short-term memory. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Kept asking Tony Randall for his autograph. <laughs> uh, when that taught, yeah, yeah, Tom Hanks, Mr. Short-Term Memory. Yeah. He should Tony have stood. Randall. He shouldn't have stood right under that pear tree. Now his life's a mystery. He'll win yeah. you yet, and then he'll forget because he's Mr. Short Term Memory. You don't remember the skit? You skit at all, Brian? You don't remember? No, at all? No, no, never. No. Uh, Tony Randall. <laughs> so uh, I want to present to you some real estate, gentlemen. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, it turns out that. Uh, we're in a bit of a hot market here in Austin. I might have uh, gotten a few uh, texts during lunch. Yeah, Brian Brian receives anywhere between, what, uh, uh, five and ten unsolicited texts a day asking uh, thirstily whether or not he will finally sell his house? Yes, uh, and, and, and they're... They're increasingly weirdly conversational. Like text number one is like, "Hey, I want to buy your house," and it's and then the second was like, "Ah, oh, what the ah? Oh, I'm such a stupid idiot. Ah, oh, I'm talking about this one over here." Yeah, it's the but Chris Farley really into it. Real estate company. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it's weird. All the whores and politicians will scream, "Sell me your house!" And Brian whispers back, "No." no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how would you, I was watching, uh, I've been working my way through all the James Bond movies and got my way up to, uh, Moonraker, 
which is the Elon Musk biography. And uh, <laughs> that's the one with the Hugo Drax, the industrialist who's building like space shuttles and stuff. And one of the points there is that it's, he's located in California, but he built like in the middle of the desert, he built this whole like French estate, which is just an easy way for, you know, the bond producers to do one map painting and then shoot in France. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, man, I'd like a chateau. I mean, a chateau is even fun to say. It is. If you like, if you say like, oh, come to my house, no. Come to House Brushwood. No. Come to Chateau Brushwood. Holy. You know oh what's even more God. fun is doing people la. mad by mispronouncing it. Like you, yeah, like 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 uh Dan Harmon did with Bagels. Like he, he had only read the word and never heard it. So instead of it's like, come to my chato. <laughs> my my, my chat, You want to go chatio? Chatio. Chatio, chatio yeah, Brushwood. Let's, let's sit on the chatio. Yeah. Well, it has like a U, right? So it'd be like yeah. a a, a, a chatio. 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 Yeah. I've got a list of those words that I only read and never pronounced. <laughs> the people look at you like, ah, oh, you know, you're an idiot. I'm like, listen, am I? Because I seem pretty literate if I know that <laughs> yeah, exactly, word. Right? If nothing else, you know, I can read. Yeah. Uh, so, gentlemen, how would y'all like to have a fancy chateau style house? Oh, I mean, love it. Uh, yeah. Now, now uh, it, it, does chateau connote? Frenchness, or in my mind, it, it always connoted cozy smallness. It was another way to say a tiny place. No, no, this could be nice. It could be a, a style, perhaps a style. These, these, this house would have uh, maybe, uh, you know, nice living rooms and you know, spiral staircases, and all of that. I mean, so far, I'm in. Kind of like one of those towers, a little peak. Oh, oh look yeah, look at that, man. Uh, that looks like a fancy place. I, I, uh, you want to go have these? I mean, you, you know, there's three rules of real estate. Uh, chateau, chateau, <laughs> and chatio. Is hey, hey. it haunted? <laughs> yeah. uh, Not haunted. And I got spiders, snakes, and goblins. <laughs> I, I got it. It's in Turkey. It's in Turkey. It's okay. a very interesting okay. climate. And uh, I got news for you guys. Woo! That's that's a that's why don't a, you guys nice be chateau. next? Why don't you be next door neighbors with identical chateaus? Okay. Wait, is it just me or or or? Ooh, okay. This keeps looking Look good. at this, man! It's this like is, a little Disney World. I know. For, I was for say, it looks it looks very Epcotty. Uh, 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 you would definitely have like a very picturesque Instagram content for days we okay. we could i could get one too bryce could get one hell yeah wow this looks right, like so the set of what we do in the shadows wait, hold on wait wait wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and you're telling me out 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 now that this ain't haunted no 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 right. and i'll explain why we know it's not haunted in a moment but uh if do you like i'm like so we're looking at for our audio listeners which is most of you we're looking at these nice sort of mansion style chateaus and we saw two of them next and then we saw like a group of like four of them night next to each other which could we could all have chateaus we could be neighboring chateaus drive around on little golf courts and stuff so and this would be in, of- in turkey that'd be a little bit of a culture shock uh for a split second i was suspicious this was like a dollhouse set or something no but 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 no. now i've seen a picture of, of like there's actually a nice pool and 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 mm-hmm. but you know you know what I would feel guilty if I lived in the chateau and we lived in a chateau and our friends didn't live in chateaus. Mm. What if everybody got a chateau? Well, I mean, that sounds like a very fair, uh, equal yeah. treatment for everyone. Chaterific. Okay. <laughs> Here's what that might look like. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we're describing I'm, what we're looking at. I'm waiting at. for the catch. And so the catch is, is that they're, they're McChateaus. So, yeah. Uh, uh, it's like 150 when, of them. When, 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 I, when I first came and looked at houses in Austin, <laughs> yeah. you realize that there are a lot of places where uh, they, they have the land and they just build the same house. Over and 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 over again. Broke, don't fix it. Exactly. So imagine that. Oh my god! But it's literally, it's it's basically, it's it's like where the Bluths live in Arrested Development, but like a building from Epcot. Yeah. So so there was a the Onion in in their book Our Dumb History represented the the beginning of the baby boom with it says ant like conformity available for for all, and it had one of those photos of just you know, all these track plots, everything the same or whatever, just 
just that for vampires. I'd like to imagine that vampires finally got done with with uh, uh, Werewolf War Two. Oh my god, there's so many chats. <laughs> there's so many. It looks all... like a fake model city. It looks like a model it, city. You know what it looks like? It looks like somebody had a a paintbrush in Photoshop <laughs> that just as you drug the mouse, it just just, just as the mouse. Knows. <laughs> Holy crap! So do we know what one of them goes for? Because I'm not dissuaded. I, I was expecting it to be full of scorpions or something. Like, if it just means that we got to live in in uh, a permanent uh, chateau world. Uh, this is from uh, allthatsinteresting.com. Castles originally came with a four to $500,000 price tag and a handful actually sold. A handful? Wait, so you get to live in a ghost town of chateaus? But they had to cancel the sales. The project never opened. Uh, Wait, so they're just there? Yeah. No, you're looking for a little distressed property action? Well, I mean, it's like... I'll tell you what, our our buddy Corey Coltman's in Turkey right now. We can hit him up, tell him to make a cash offer on this. Let's go in on it. Really? Oh. I, I, I feel like you get shown around. It's like, oh, okay, okay, how much is it? And you're like, only four pints a month. <laughs> like, <laughs> pints of what? Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, it's, it's a lovely place. You're going to love it. Uh, one of the guys of the property group said, we only need to sell 100 villas to pay off our debt. What? <laughs> There's more than 100 of these things. <laughs> <laughs> So nobody, why does nobody want to live in, 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 in Chateaupia? I don't, I think, I don't think they reached enough money to complete building uh, oh Chateaupia. Good and also, God. Yeah, it's a ghost. It's ruins. It's pre-made ruins. <laughs> it's, it's like somebody said, hey, you know those drone videos where they go through Chernobyl and <laughs> they see the desiccated remains? Let's just skip the nuclear disaster. This is like. Just build it. This get is those like. Drone videos. Like, like the fire festival for people with wine cellars. <laughs> like, literally, there aren't roads here yet. No. It's there all, are it's 200 chateaus roads. and all dirt roads. But it is like a small town. Mm-hmm. Like like we're we're watching uh we're watching <laughs> drone footage now and it is it's it's a big ass development it's in this gorgeous little hillside area in in Turkey it looks fairly lush I, so it probably I, has has nice summers and cold winters the title of that video said uh, 300 Disney style castles lay empty in 151 million pound Turkish ghost yeah style. 151 million pound. Uh, so so two hundred million. Do we know where it is? Million. Can we see where it where where it is in relation to uh, a city in Turkey? Dra- that Dracula. I might know? <laughs> yeah. Well, be Istanbul, right? Uh, yeah, that would be the biggest. So this is in between uh, uh the Turkish city of Ankara and Istanbul. I'm trying to see if I can pull it up on a map here. By the way, there was probably some ancient civilization there too, considering the history of. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I know. Yeah. I've seen this movie. It ends with him screaming, "You moved the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, but at this point, they're not even trying to hide it. Like, no, it's like, it's like, and they're like, yes, <laughs> I, we thought that was very transparent. It's like you're moving into a like bizarre haunted town. Doi, ding dong. Like, so this is a, it's a very interesting problem too, because I remember, uh, I were like 15 years ago, whatever, you know, looking at the Miami skyline with all those condos that were built. And, you know, my, I have a friend, a uh, friend of mine, it said something's like, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. Like they're just way building too much. I'm like, Oh no. Like they do financial projections and all this sort of stuff. I'm sure they know what they're doing. Narrator. They didn't <laughs> they know did, what they, they were did. doing. <laughs> and then because that was like the 2008, you know, financial crash was we had all the speculation prices went up, whatever it's been in the news. Late, and again, uh, this is gonna. I'm gonna bring this tightest to China. Not picking on China. We do this thing too. It's a very. It's a very common thing. So any. You know. There's. There's no such thing as a local problem anymore. But uh, this brings up. Have you seen this? This was in in China. They went through this rapid construction because part of the reasons they do a lot of projects and construction in China, it's the way the government makes its uh, uh, revenue is by actually selling land. Like I used to get asked, I'd been asked to consult on like three different amusement park projects in China. Wow. And I'm like, what's up with this? And then I look, I'm like, oh, this is, this is how they make money. This is how you know, they make money is they get financiers to spend a bunch of money on building some big project. Real amusement parks take up a lot of land. And so 
uh, you know, recently there was this, uh, was it Ever, Evergrade Bank or whatever, or Evergrade, which is investment, is having some financial issues. Um, they've shut down Bitcoin in China. And this just happened a couple of weeks ago where they had 15 buildings, which were finance and investment vehicles. And let's see what happens to these 15 buildings. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess uh, uh, they, they appear to be mostly com completed high rises that I guess they figured wow. out there was no need for. So they just went ahead and, and blew them all up at once because that's more fun. If 15 yep. unfinished buildings they they do they're tall but the you can definitely tell that like the yeah, walls they, are not done uh man and, and then oh yeah and then 15 buildings all fall at the exact same time that's that's the weird like art to this explosive science where it's just like okay okay how much boss hey boss how much do you care about <laughs> that they all go at the same time and the boss is like i mean come on you're telling me it's gonna be somehow better to do them one at a time because <laughs> also by the way uh Holy some God. of these demolitions these are not controlled explosions at all like, their dust like, is going they, everywhere they are, they are blowing out the bottoms but not, not enough the to make them not topple yeah, over don't and there's like one in the middle which i don't know if that was like they just wanted to pull a trick shot and not bring that one down Oh yeah, there's one. Uh, there, there's one designated survivor. <laughs> there's one hanging out in the clouds. Oh no! Wow. No. Yeah. These. It, it's. It's like. Uh, uh, how important is it that we blow all of them up? Uh, very important. Are we gonna get more explosives? Nope. Question. Make it work. Uh, I mean, what an opportunity. Uh, d does China just pick up the phone to Hollywood and say, "Hey, what do you got in the works? You got anything that needs?" Like maybe one of the most spectacular background set pieces maybe, maybe of all time. Call, Brian, maybe they call, you know, their own native film industry, which like the number one movie of the year is actually Chinese. Chinese. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Although what's it called? I, yeah, that's enough to make Christopher Nolan start speaking Mandarin because they, that dude loves watching yeah. right. like actual <laughs> physical things. Wait, get... stop. Also, also with that many buildings going down, why not everyone? If anybody who's making a movie can have this well, amazing what, uh, set uh, piece. Uh, Christopher Nolan, when he was doing uh, the, the third of his Batman trilogy, that has the scene of uh, uh, Heinz Field in Pittsburgh exploding uh, uh, from Bane. Originally, what he wanted to do was that they were uh, part of the reason why he went to Pittsburgh to begin with was because they were demolishing the hockey arena to build another one. And so he uh, was in negotiations with the city of Pittsburgh to to film it and to have some element of actors kind of in front of it. And it wound up uh, uh, falling through, but that was part of like a, a big thing. He was like, like, please, please a whole arena. Can I please have it explode right in front of me uh, and have Bane standing in front of it. Th there's a, uh, man, the, the DV rebels guide I read, whoa, back in 2007, 2008, I think. And it gives so many great fundamentals of framing, uh, basic cinematography. It's the first time I ever heard about hosing down a set in order to get, you know, better visuals of, of, you know, sunset golden hour and all that stuff. And there was a section on, uh, what, uh, what he called stolen shots, which I guess, I don't know if the whole industry calls it that, but, uh, uh, basically you take something that's already happening. And if you are flexible and nimble enough, you just get out there and go. So in this case, uh, he was working on a small movie where they already had this ninja choreographed fight or whatever, and they were planning on, yeah, we're getting around. We're going to do it. <clears throat> they had been practicing a whole bunch and they're, <laughs> and then they, he's watching the news and there's a forest fire that's creeping dangerously close to his town. And he was, and he just gets on the phone. He's just like, guys, 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 guys. And then he in the book are these amazing photos of just these silhouetted ninjas behind just a wall, <laughs> a wall of, of flame. <laughs> it was, it's unreal. I, I didn't think that cool, but I was, Driving one day, minding my own business, and I look up and I see one of the Goodyear blimps just sort of circling around in like trouble. And then I watched this thing just go and crash. <laughs> oh my God. I ran home, grabbed a slow crash. It was a very slow crash. Like, like you know, the, the, the pilots could be on board, like, I'm going to finish this coffee first. All right. Yeah. I run home, I get my video camera out of Canon X01, and I race back. And at that point, there was already 
fire trucks, emergency crews, and there was people handling the police department, handling the press, and somebody sees on camera, you, over there, we're going to let you in one at a time. We're going to let you in in a group. And I go into the group, and next thing you know, it landed. They managed to take it down in the storage, like a, a public storage unit area because there's no people there. And there's this, this deflated giant carcass of a blimp. And they let us in, and I got my camera because I'm like, maybe this will be good. I'll use this. And so I started getting footage of just what a crash Goodyear blimp looks like. Jesus. And, and that was the, the, the funny, again, they weren't hurt. The funny, but like, who gets to see that happen? The funny part was, you know, the comment I heard, like, they're like, how are they going to, you know, how are they going to get rid of this? And it was like, box knives. <laughs> you know, just literally just yep. send in a crew to just take some scissors and cut the stuff up and cart it away. It, 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 while you're at it, why not sell souvenirs? You know, who needs a tarp made from a Goodyear blimp? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyhow, yeah, that's, you never know. You never know. And that's sometimes you see something and you have to get that instinct, get my help if you can help, but then get the shot. But then get the shot. Get the there shot. was uh the, uh, you know, on the, in the movie, uh, I think it was Honor Majesty's Secret Service was the one where, or Spy Who Loved Me, where Bond, Spy Who Loved Me is the one where Bond does the parachute jump and then the, Union Jack unfolds as the parachute. He yeah. does it off this big, like big icy cliff. They talk about when they were shooting that they were several days in Canada, you know, trying to get this thing. And they had like five cameras and only one camera was able to get the whole jump for some oh, reason. Cause they man. couldn't track where that was. It's like, Oh geez. Scary. Brutal. Wide angle folks. Yep. Capture it. Oh, Oh, there is a blue origin launch maybe coming up. Yes. Mm -hmm. Care to guess there may be a mystery passenger on board. Oh, it would be I I I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was Elon Musk. I would. I would be very I would surprised. Be extraordinarily Brian. surprised if it were Elon Musk. I mean, whatever. They're all clones of the same billionaire. Wait, with that top he would hat. that he would that he would make his first trip into space on a blue origin <laughs> rocket. <laughs> Yeah. That wouldn't surprise you in that, the least. In the least. That, All right. Well, the I, I take the it back. Well, he's already talked about taking a ride on the, the Virgin Galactic. So, so. Uh, Elon uh, Musk. Yeah. But, I, but yeah. Who is, who is not suing? That's correct. Okay, that, that, yeah. is, that, that, that is a good point. Uh, but uh, also I, like Elon got invited to go visit the head. Uh, Rogerson, who's the head of the Russian space agency, had invited Elon Musk to go visit Russia. And everybody's like, don't do it. It's a trap. Uh, but. <laughs> But uh, who would who would you think would make a great who would make a really good pick for this? Who I I, I I think I just saw a face flash, but I didn't even recognize him, so I yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it was any of that. Um, I don't know though. I, I see you in the chat points up. Maybe it's Grimes after the split just to get back at him. <laughs> no, that would be awesomely petty. Yeah. <laughs> they're still seeing each other when he released the statement. They were in the house, so you know. Um. Who 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 would who would be? Think Jeff Bezos. Think about Jeff Bezos. Uh, Jeff Bezos. Jeff. Uh, oh oh. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, oh. St uh, Stephen King. Uh, uh, wait. Actually, maybe it would be an author or a novelist. Or who is, is Jeff it? Bezos? What do you, what do you know that he likes? Oh my God. Oh, uh, is it a Star Trek person? No no no. It's is is it is it. Oh. Is is it uh, uh, from uh, 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 James S. A. Corey? No, <laughs> no, he loves, 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 loves Star Trek. Oh, so. the, oh, I was thinking the yeah. Sorry, oh, I was the, expanse. The, the, the expanse. The, oh yeah, no, yeah. he loves the expanse too. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, I I I give up. I give up. It's got to be something like that. I would say, uh, yeah, uh, my, my, my bet is a, 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 a cast member of Star Trek The Next Generation specifically. I, I would mm. oh, really? What? Mm. Should we just start naming people? Okay. Yeah, okay, uh, all right. Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, Patrick Stewart? Uh, LeVar Burton. Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it, is it, do you think it's Shatner? No, that's the rumor. Be... Oh, Shatner. really? Are you gonna sh wait, Justin? Let me hear you shut it down. Because <laughs> no, you said next generation. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't say next generation. I'm Brian you said next. <laughs> no, but you, you said did? Star Trek. <laughs> you yeah. said Star Trek. Okay. I chat my notes. Um. So the only thing, I mean, first of all, that's a great rumor. I meant. I thought you meant Star Trek Generation. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's actually a really good. Save. I mean, look, it would be. It, it's gonna get a lot of attention. He's going to do a great 
video of like like I'm going to space at ninety. I'm William Shatner. I mean that that would be the one reason that I would suspect that 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 would shut down the rumor is the liability of. Do you want to be the company that that I mean? People who are 90 years old tend to be a, 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 a bit more, a less hale and hearty than 27-year-olds. Uh, and so, I mean, the liability of if something were to go wrong on how, that trip, will, like, like, yeah. like handling, like, like biologically handling the G-forces and all that stuff. I mean, it was, it's up to him, right? Like, so if he's the one who's <laughs> is, saying- Is that what he's going to say? It's going to be a, it's going to be a great, like, like- No, that, that press, would be part of release. the attention. Part of the attention would be- is like like uh and and I'm sure Shatner would feed into it because he's a showman and be like the like, dude did Shark Week last year <laughs> yeah well but but I mean he <laughs> I'm just picturing I'm I'm forgive me imagine something terrible happened and it's like what is Bezos gonna say like what can I tell you guys uh he signed the waiver <laughs> I mean the, the ship did fine uh, all right so so <laughs> so here here's here's something interesting so back in July is that this year. Uh, yeah, in July of, of this year, uh, aviation pioneer Wally Funk made it to space on Jeff, Bo- Jeff Bezos. She was on the first one. She's New Shepard. Yeah. Uh, she was 82. Ooh. Now, she's yeah, done she a was, lot of flight training, but she... She was part of the, uh, the, uh, the Mercury 13 that was... She was one of the original yeah. w- uh, women that was selected to prove that women were just capable of going to space as men. Wow. Um, but yeah, she was she was the other. You know, Bezos selected her for that. Um, <laughs> Bezos she and is, Bezos's brother, porn actor Bezos. Porn. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> uh, I will definitely say this about Jeff Bezos. XXX. I'll say this about Wally Funk. She could probably arm wrestle all of us. Oh, she's a tough, tough as a two dollar yeah. steak. Like I was, I, I watched the rollout video that they did with her, and she is, she is feisty, and she is uh, 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 got more energy at eighty two than than most women I've met in my entire life. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Like, yeah, I mean, if it's not gonna, like, let's shatter the Shark Week. The Shark Week. I had a Shark Week. Up. Shattered at Shark Week, and I was. In in terms of physical challenges, I I would suggest, Your Honor, that perhaps standing in or floating in water, yes, around dangerous beasts, is perhaps less vigorous than. You hear that, than, Andrew? Shark Week, super I easy. I'm talking about. I'm talking about on the body of a ninety-year-old man. God, don't you do this? Don't you do this? Easy, don't you do this. Don't, Shark don't, Week don't, isn't don't, even don't, impressive. Don't, Why don't, would anybody don't, even think that it's an impressive thing to do? Not, even a ninety-year-old can do it. I'm not a flight. I'm not a flight surgeon, but I I don't know putting a ninety-year-old with compressed air sixty feet underwater. And the rigors of that for extended period of time versus, you know, like a 12 minute flight. I don't, I don't know what the G forces are. I don't know the physiology, yeah. but I'm saying like, it's, it's not, it's not the sharks. It's, it's yeah. just, it's the, taking a 90 year old scuba diving. Yeah. And the exertion, the exertion that goes through there because it's, uh, it's very easy. Lot. According to Brian, super no, simple. Don't, don't do, don't do <laughs> very that. simple. Don't do easy. that. That's not what I'm saying. Old. I mean, who cares? <laughs> right. <laughs> Twice on Sunday. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I, I would imagine like, I don't remember Blue Origins, the rocket, it doesn't, doesn't reach escape velocity. It's not going like, it's not like a SpaceX rocket that's going really freaking fast, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if it's, uh, I hadn't thought about there possibly being Because it's a tour, it's designed for tourism. Yeah. yeah. It's taking you up. I'm going to take a look, take hey. a peek around. Shatner is going to say some Shatnery stuff and everyone's going to clap. It's going to be a big viral video. So wait, Bryce, when is this takeoff? Uh, October 12th. And and this is a rumor. So we don't know for sure. This would be a thing that we might find out either closer to or, or after it lands maybe. Right. They only named two passengers officially, uh, Chris Boshrizen and Glenn DeVry. Uh, Glenn DeVry? (laughs) (laughs) The Connecticut DeVry's? So they would say they would experience three G's for two and a half minutes. I have a feeling that th- this is the debate that's going on right now. Will this kill William Shatner? Yeah. But what a way to go out. 
No, Bryce. No. <laughs> if you're no. <laughs> if I was William Shatner and I died going to space, what if I you're Bryce right now? What if yeah. you're Bryce right? Now? You don't want to know what Bryce right now would do because he's you ever, not doing great. But... You, you, <laughs> <laughs> Say that twice on Sunday. <laughs> Like, you know what? I might dive into the Shark Tank without a suit. Yeah, well, I thought that was impressive until Brian. <laughs> Anybody can do it. So you ever, ever listen to uh, Bob Einstein, who played it was Super Dave mm-hmm. Osborne, on Riding in Cars with Comedians while Jerry Seinfeld, you know, watches Larry David do Kirby Enthusiasm. Um, <laughs> his father was Harry Einstein, uh, you know, Parkyarchus, who was a comedic actor, very, very well-beloved guy, who died on stage, right, at like a Friars Club or something like this, you know, died on stage. And people go, oh, you know, well, he died doing what he did. And Einstein is like, no, this is not the way to go. This is a horrible way to go. And he's for his life. People are like, oh, but your dad probably wanted to go that way. Like, no, no. Yeah, don't, don't. Uh, when it comes to conditions uh, of of how you want to go out, I trust the suggestion of only one person, and that, of course, is Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know there uh, there's a viral clip going around because of Norm Macdonald's uh, passing from his Netflix show, but he was talking with Drew Barrymore, and Drew Barrymore's father, uh, uh, famously his friends at his discretion after he died used his corpse to startle another friend of his on an acting set oh my god <laughs> so they like came into their trailer and all of a sudden saw the corpse of their friend and so drew barrymore said uh uh to norm mcdonald like and i i, I have told my friends that i hope that they do the same thing with my body after I die, because I thought that it was really funny. To which Norm Macdonald, in his very Norm Macdonald way, and now more poignant than ever, says, "You know what I hope my friends do when I die?" She says, "What?" He goes, "Figure out a way to bring me back to life." <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, let's go to picks. Uh, hey man, I watched Foundation. I had never oh. read any of uh, the Foundation books, um, and uh, uh, so for me it was a fresh experience. And I can't speak to how true to the original it was, but it felt like a very, very big budget, wonderful, electric, uh, powerful pr- production. I hope one day they make a movie or series based on the book by Isaac Asimov. Uh, see, what, what, what I what I saw was was. It was it was way so choppy though the direction and the editing it was a little like there was a lot the 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 performances are great some of the set design is cool but like I don't know why they held court in a parking garage it was really weird but uh, they really did it, it, yeah it was a weird there was oh, couple, oh that was the that was the public execution though that's why no not that no I don't mean that I meant like literally where they had the court proceedings you know you're like this is a very this literally feels like this is the Montreal Public Library you know parking garage or something but. Um, a lot of it, I recommend people checking it out and I'm not a purist when it comes to adaptations. I am really not. I think that you, to, to make something look in a different medium, you have to change it. Foundation is great. It is very sexist, you know, like, ah, oh, we're going to bring, I'm going to bring 30,000, you know, scientists and their wives to, you know, Terminus. There's a <laughs> lot of stuff in there that's very yeah. from that period, et cetera changing the 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 genders of the roles i think is a wonderful way because it doesn't take anything away from the story but man is it different and and there is there's a very big theme in the foundation books that the whole cloning the emperor himself is not the story not in the book oh really it's not the way that no and it's not i thought it was pretty cool i i have not seen it i'm excited to see it the first question that I had, and it's been a few years since I've listened to the Foundation uh, trilogy, but what I remember about that first book is that it's a lot of short stories 
weaved into this idea to show that like this is an expansive uh an expansive thing and that i remember almost being frustrated in that first book of every time i would get into you know the 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 mechanics of one story they'd be like anyway 500 years later like like <laughs> here's their great grandchildren or, or anyway here's another thing and it's seldon 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 it's not until the end of the first book and into the second book that the story kind of slows down and we we see kind of some of the the, the cracks and holes of it but uh it, i'm ex- it, i'm i'm i'm, I'm it, interested no, i, I want I'm going to check my, my issue was sort of like they, they came up with this device and it's in the trailer, whatever the idea that this emperor's cloned himself for a period of time, because it's an empire that's last like 10,000 years, but he actually hasn't been cloned. It's a very short period. It's not a spoiler at all. The problem I had with that choice though, was in the book. And I highly recommend people read in the book. Yeah. The, trying to adapt that book into a story. That's into a hard. Is, really yeah, it's hard. hard. But there are themes there that yeah. you go, oh, this is a great theme. And the reality of how the emperor is in the book is a theme that comes up again and again. And they got rid of that. And I'm like, because it's the, it's the idea is the power behind the throne, the secret of power, who is really in charge is a very, that is literally one of the most important themes and foundation. When you look back and you go, yes, see this happened here. Then it happened here. And they repeated this here. And this caused problems there. And they got rid of that. And I'm like, unless there's some big twist coming, which I don't think, because I just think that Goyer had, who I think is a, can, can do really cool stuff, was like, oh, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, but it's like Watchmen when you don't get, you know, Osmiandius. It's kind of that thing. You're like, ah, like there's a... There's, a, there's something missing here. There, there's a, there, there, is, there is a drink that needs a straw to be stirred. Uh, and it's not like, oh, it's my... It's like, oh, you are my character. Like, like no, like there is there's a theme that just gets set up in the book that you then pick up later on. Yeah. And then they just, ah, we'll get rid of that. I'm like, okay. And, and it, not a lot of talk about the encyclopedia Galactica either. It's sort of like, you're just sort of like, there's like one table discussion. Like, yeah, what exactly are they doing? What are they doing? All I'll say about Goyer is that he's got a hell of an IMDB, but if you removed all of the credits wherein he had his name next to other more famous people, Boy, does that IMDb not look what as good. What do you have against Hellraiser 3 Blood Pack that he wrote and directed? What? <laughs> I'm just saying. Eh, Somebody had to use that McDonald's barge for something. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I think, I don't know. I recommend I, it, though. I, I was I do recommend watching Foundation. I really, really do. I, I, I think that I there are some it. really neat visuals. Yeah, I highly recommend people would check it out. Highly recommend people check it out. Uh, heels. It's on stars. I think I, I may have shouted it out before. I'm going to shout it out again. Uh, we keep watching it. Uh, and, and I, and I like it. It is a story about a small independent wrestling, uh, outfit in rural Georgia. If you enjoyed Friday night lights, uh, you will, you will enjoy it. It's very much a story centered around a, athletic or niche activity much in the way the Friday night lights is not really about high school football. It's about what happens around high school football and the culture that is there. Um, you know, there are some, there are some nitpicky things that I have story wise. There's some nitpicky things that I, uh, that I have in terms of, of, of how they they're portraying it as a professional wrestling fan, but there are also moments in it where and 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 just to entice people to kind of get over the wall because it is a stars production and and that costs money there is a character of an old wrestler that was a popular back in the heyday of of this independent league that went on to their version of the WWF and became the world champion but uh hadn't ever really come back and given back to the to to the small foundation that uh very much is uh, uh, kind of a, a a a Yoda figure, at least to the world of professional wrestling, but is great because he looks like an actual professional wrestler with his half dyed Fu Manchu beard and you know uh, uh, skin tight uh, uh, outfits that he's like hanging out in this local bar. So like little things like that, I very much enjoy that they take these characters seriously because they are characters that have 
their ups and downs and emotions and everything, but they they did not skimp on the fact that that's him right there. Wild Bill, uh, uh, who just looks like an absolute lunatic at all times, but is a fairly well-drawn and complicated character. And uh, uh, that 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 is enough for me to to recommend Heels. Cool. Sounds good. I, I got a pick. Yeah, I got I got a, a super short pick. Uh, do you guys like time loops? Remember when we were all super into time loops? Yeah. Uh, Rice, do you have a pick? I've got a pick, and uh, they made <laughs> a video game out of one. Uh, this is uh, the new game from uh, uh, from Arcane. They made the Dishonored games um, called Death Loop. Uh, it is uh, a time loop story where uh, you're on uh, this big kind of. Uh, uh, resort sort of thing where uh, the people on the resort are also taking part in a time loop. It's a little, it's a little unclear to be honest, some of the setting stuff, cause I'm still early in it. Um, but you're basically on this resort where people are kind of free to do whatever they want because there's a time loop and you want to end the time loop for some reason. And everybody else doesn't want you to do that. So and, they're, uh, they're getting, yeah. Uh, would I be out of line to speculate that, that the, Due to the nature of the story, they would do weird stuff like characters saying things that you don't understand that make sense later and there, stuff. There is a lot of like context clues based writing in the script, which I think is is really good. Um, partly because I think in all the promotion for the game, it's like you have to go and kill these eight people in one day and that will end the time loop. And you you get a lot of setup there. And then in the actual game, it doesn't really it gives you a lot. It really does kind of do a lot of info, like a lot of mechanics dumping right here's the system you have four stages and there are four times a day so it's like 16 and uh you only get one chance and you have like like they shove all of the story stuff to the side which is actually kind of refreshing that they're not just like welcome to uh black reef isle this is the time loop island but you're the like like they really don't uh, beat you over the head with it which is nice I, i i dig it i usually don't like shooter games but um i do like rogue like games and this uh, would be one of them but it also has a uh, a narrative which i i am under i'm told is rather short so um i'm i'm digging it it's death loop it's on the ps5 and uh, on pc right now what's funny is i became more interested when you said a short video game that's good you say <laughs> my okay. my understanding is that people have knocked it out in about a day or two so. oh uh you know what i became much much more interested <laughs> now he's positively <laughs> too messing <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh, so yeah, that's that's Deathloop. It's it's interesting because um, it's also if if you don't keep up with video game news, um, uh, uh, that is Microsoft making a Sony exclusive title in Deathloop because they bought Bethesda last oh, year. Oh wild! Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, there you go. Andrew, you got a pick? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on Brian's pick a foundation, and I know you heard me nitpick uh, the themes of and things that I think are sort of vital, very neat themes of the book, but I do I do. I do understand the challenge of trying to adapt it. And I do think I'm very curious to see where it goes. The first two episodes was a lot. I really liked a lot of way it was done. I really like the cast. So please. Any foundation, but it could be pretty good. <laughs> Would you say it set a good foundation for? Another oh, show? No, Brian. I don't think it did. I don't think it did at all. They missed. Um, uh, if we're, so, if we're if we're if we're if we're nitpicking, my my review of why the last man is contained in the first letter of the title. Oh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> gentlemen, it's been weird. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.